1: Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
2: All right, everyone. Welcome. Hopefully you can hear me. This is going to be a great presentation by Wayne talking about how he raises his visions.
3: Go ahead, Wayne. Okay, I... First of all, Monica, uh, if you would like to tell everybody how uh, to raise their hands to ask questions uh, sure. on different devices. Sure.
2: If you have a question for Wayne, it is Alt-Y on your PC. It is Options-Y on your Mac. It is Star 9 if you're using a phone with a regular keypad. And on your app, it's under the More section on the right lower right-hand corner. And if you want to unmute... Um, it is Alt-A on your PC, Command-Shift-A on your Mac, Star-6 on your phone with your keypad, and in the lower left-hand corner of your app.
3: All right. Thank you, Monica. Appreciate that. Um, First of all, what I'd like to say to everybody is uh, to ask, I'm going to make it where people can ask questions at any time. I know some people when they're doing lectures, they want you to wait till the end of your presentation to ask questions but I encourage people to ask questions anytime throughout my presentation. If I don't make something clear or if you need, want more information on something. Um, And as Monica said, it's going to be a lecture on pigeons that I raised, but also just kind of a general discussion about pigeons in general. Um, So I would actually like to start with kind of like some history about uh, pigeons and First of all, they are the oldest domesticated bird that man has, you know, taken and used for different purposes uh, in their, you know, in our daily lives. All the way back to the start of like the Greeks and Romans, they used pigeons that had the ability to find the way home to compete in different races. They used races to compete and they marked their birds by different colors of uh, paint so they could tell each other's birds apart. As of now today, uh, Belgium has developed uh, racing metal racing bands, aluminum racing bands for their pigeons. And people use these bands uh, to enter, you have to use them to enter races or to uh, show them in shows uh, or to have them in. Like I raised Birmingham Rollers, you have to have these year bands with an MBRC number to compete in races also. Um, then up to them, pigeon posts ever since, since that time throughout history are based all over the world. And most of them are uh, homing pigeons are done, used to do that. And they have used greatly in the war to send messages when, uh, all else failed. They use pigeons because they're, you could send messages with them and they were, they didn't show up. You couldn't see them as well. And there's actually all types of documentaries on Homing pigeons used throughout the war. Um, for instance, one has actually returned with a broken wing and a broken leg, and still returned a message from hundreds of miles away. Uh, and there's all, like I said, there's all types of documentaries you can you get on that and look. Uh, they're also used in today. Uh, white homing pigeons are used for weddings uh and funerals, uh, and so a lot of people, when people are released at weddings. They think they're white doves but actually they're white homing pigeons in those beautiful circles that they're making up above you are just trying to they're fi- finding their way home to be used for the next wedding a couple hours later um, and let's see one thing there's uh, there's lots of different reed, breeds of pigeons I mean they're all different colors all different sizes and they a lot of them have their different unique things like I said I raised Birmingham rollers and they're a breed that was uh, originated over in Birmingham, England and brought uh, to this country as well as obviously now many countries. And, and one thing that they uh, are used in like all types of competitions and uh, they uh, are very easy to raise. Their parents take care of their young very well. So it's a breed that's really well received by a lot of, fanciers, which that's what a person that raises pigeons is a pigeon fancier. Um, There are also numerous other types of roller pigeons. There's Turkish tumblers, there's Russian tumblers, and they all have their unique characteristics. The one that um, I think y'all would be interested in is there's actually a type of pigeon called a parlor tumbler, and they can't fly, but they roll on the ground. If you step in front of them with your foot, it'll make them roll backward and do backward rolls until you stop them. And they're pretty cool, actually. Um, Then there are also homing pigeons. They're the ones that I talked about that uh, will fly home. They can find their way home. And it's a lot of evidence to surface that it's the Earth's magnetic field that helps them find their way home. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of cell phone towers and a lot of uh, antennas that are up are making it a lot harder for them to find their home during races or when they're out on flights. But they come in all different colors. And I heard the question that I got pigeons, there are actually different sizes of pigeons and have different wingspans. There's little pigeons like the size of my rollers that are only about the size of maybe your fists, and their wingspan is maybe eight, nine inches across, up to a type of pigeon called a giant run, which I'll explain that in a minute. Um, Fantails are also another breed of pigeon that a blind person would be able to feel what, what it looks like because when they fan out their tails, it looks like a huge fan. Then they, they also come in all different colors. A lot of people like the white ones because when they spread their feathers way out, it looks like you can really see the white fan from what I've been told. And then there's also Indian fan tails, which, uh, they have feathers on their feet and they look like they have little slippers. Um, like I said, there's also the next we call giant runs it's kind of an oxymoron on their name because they're actually the biggest pigeon there is and they can't fly. And so I don't know why they, whoever came up with the name giant run, but they, it is, it is what it is. And another breed that uh, is interesting. If people, you can feel the differences. They're called Jacobins. They're pigeons that have fluffed out feathers all around each of their eyes. And I've never raised them. So I don't really kind of know what they actually feel like. Uh, those birds are a little too expensive uh, for my taste. <laughs> and then there's uh, pigeons that actually live up to their name because they are big, not as big as runs, but they're pretty big. They're and they're called king pigeons, and they come in uh, different colors like white, silver, black. And it's uh, they're they can fly, but they're not the best of flyers. And Monica, does anybody have any questions before I go on? There
2: are no questions right now.
3: Okay, cool. All right. Um,
2: Actually, there is.
3: Okay. All right. <laughs> <The> <laughs> oh, no hand. problem. No problem. Okay.
2: Nelly, feel free to unmute. Hi. Um, I'm uh, wondering um, why do people breed
1: um, the types of pigeons that can't fly?
3: Uh, really, uh, it's probably because, it, you know, like any other breed, whether it be dogs, chickens, ducks, once you, you find out something that's unique, it's bred back and it was it was done a long time ago. It, it's more for show. They, they they show them in shows. That's what they're for used for. Maybe. I see.
1: So for you know, so basically, you know, for exhibition purposes or or just that's, that's...
3: yep, that's correct. Okay, thank you. Yep. Kind of like my Birmingham rollers. I mean, they're number one, they, they're very pretty and they have very pretty colors. Um, and they use them in uh, competitions. I don't compete with mine because I don't have transportation to do it, or I would, but they're pretty colors and they do roll in the sky and they look very pretty doing it. And uh, and all these fancy breeds are all shown. And we I mean, do have
2: another question for okay. you. Cool. Uh, Calvin and Corliss,
4: feel free to Hi. unmute. Hi, this is Corliss. Um, Hi. So Wayne, you mentioned that some of the breeds were too expensive. I'm just wondering if you can give us the cost of a couple of different, um, pigeon types. And then in order to have like a successful, I guess breed of pigeons, how many would you need to buy?
3: Okay. Well, first of all, you only need, if you know what you're doing, when you raise pigeons, you only need one. You only would only need one pair, but, um, a lot of people are like me there's so many different colors of different breeds that you want to, you just have more and more like me. I have about 220 right now and I have every different color you can get with Birmingham rollers, except for almond ones. Um, And as far as price, that's tough to say because there's pigeons people. If you have real like Birmingham rollers, if you have a real good line of Birmingham rollers, um, like there's a gentleman on here, Homer that, I mean, I, I've heard his name before. He had to give up his birds. I know that he's sold to other countries and I'm sure he's probably gotten thousands of dollars for different birds that he's sold. If you have the good bloodlines and they really know how to roll and they, they're good at it, you can get a lot of money. And that goes with any breed. If the breed is does what it's supposed to, looks how it's supposed to, has the right feather combinations, you can get a lot of money for it. I mean... Then there's just the plain city pigeons that are, you know, they're just fire on. They they don't bring much of anything. I mean, you can sell them, but you're not going to get much for them. Any other questions, Monica? Uh, that's it for now. All right. Okay. Um, now I'm going to get into a little bit about um, as far as uh, pigeons uh, choosing a mate, which it's actually pretty cool watching. When Like I have all mine all together. I don't have them in image individual breeding cages or anything like that. I go on trips too much. If if I was stayed here 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I would have all mine in individual breeding pads and pens and I would choose their mates for them. But I have all mine flying together in a big, huge uh, 12 by 20 building. And then they have a big outside aviary that's like 13 by 20 by 10 feet high. And it's fun watching when the young ones, when they get to breeding age, when they choose their mate, um, Males will dance around in little circles, puff out their chests like they're all tough trying to impress the ladies. And uh, the females will prune their feathers out and you know, show off and you know, kind of like like try to look pretty and it's it's just fun to watch them. They they make they put on a big spectacle. Um, and as far as their nest and uh, you know the nesting materials. There's uh, all different types of nests you can use. Um, like I'm sure Homer probably had because I, I'm assuming he had all his and individual breeding pens, you can get um individual nest bowls for your birds and have them. I I just bought uh and made like hundred nests, just wood nests that were easy for me to clean since I have all mine flying together. I have I built a nest you uh out of wood. You can use little bowls from family Dollar to have them. They have the little do- bowls for a dollar each. Um, and the material that are in nest I mean, you can use I use pine straw or wheat straw and wood shavings and grass. And then my aviary happens to be where they can fly outside it's covered over but there's a part where i have wire where i can, uh, where i they can get some rain to get because they like to take baths there's a pecan tree above my aviary and it's funny when we get a windstorm and all the uh, little sticks get blown down when they're making nests the males will fly in and out of the pen with little pieces of sticks and uh, building their nest at least not the good ones will anyway <laughs> there's some that are lazy and they just whatever i straw whatever straw i put in the pen or wood shavings. They'll just lay their egg, but then there's some that are very elaborate with their nest. They make them all really pretty and weave them all together with the straw and their feathers that they have lost. Um, So Before I go on, Monica, any more questions? Any questions?
2: Yes. We have a question from Cindy. Feel free to unmute. Hi. Hi. Uh, So, Wayne.
3: Yes, Cindy.
5: uh,
6: My question is, can can pigeons be indoor, like in the house in a cage kind of birds? Or do you always have to be like so elaborate with, you know what I mean? Their housing.
3: Well, I'm only elaborate because uh, that's my passion. You know, Birmingham rollers are my passion. So that's, I take all that time. And if you want to take care of them, right. You know, you kind of have to take that much time with them all the time, but you could put a pair of pigeons in the house. Cause I always, Tease my wife that I'm gonna bring in one of my favorite pairs of Birmingham rollers, put them in a big bird cage, and put them in my bedroom, and let them breed there and put a nest. <laughs> Obviously, she's not all for that. But and and so she's one you haven't yet. No, I no. I <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, 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 no, I did. Hurt, have, by the way, but. I did have a pair. <laughs> I, no, I you did. Put them in kid. the living room for show, like. Well, oh, well, I would. Bedroom. If I did by myself, I'd put a pair of. I put a pair of almond ones. The only color I don't have, and I, I put a pair of almond ones up in a cage. Now <laughs> you can put them in a cage. I mean, I know somebody um, that Dr. Jesse does a call here, and I, I've heard her doves a couple times that she has. And so you could do the same thing with a pair of pigeons. You could put them in a cage. And, and I did have a pair of pigeons, a pair of rollers, uh, Birmingham rollers, in a cage when I lived in Pennsylvania. I had them in my room for a while.
2: Okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right, you have a question from Corliss. Feel free to unmute. Okay.
4: Yeah, um, Wayne. A lot of your descriptions—you mentioned colors. You also yeah. mentioned how they look in the sky when they're flying around. And if yeah. you're someone that's totally blind, and you know colors aren't necessarily maybe as meaningful as other things. I mean, what would you say to somebody that's totally blind and can't necessarily see the flying formations and the different colors about why this is, you know, um, entertaining or a fun hobby?
3: Well, it's entertaining for me. The flying in the sky and all that isn't. I mean, yeah, I can't really see that. But when you have them in their pens and you just stand and listen, uh, at the end of this call, like the last fifteen minutes, I'm going to go out uh, to my pen aviary, and I'm going to let everybody listen to them. And if you just listen to all the different noises they make, and you can hear them fluttering their wings, and since I've been raising pigeons for years and years, I know what the individual sounds mean. So I know when they're building a nest or when they're feeding their little ones or uh, mating or two males are trying to, you know, fight, to uh, separate themselves from each other for the territory because pigeons are very territorial when it comes to their nests. That's why I've been trying to, when I give uh, like flying, but I also try to give things that blind people can get like the Jacobins. Like I said their feathers puffing out like the fantails their feathers really fluffing. Now, Birmingham rollers, there's not really anything that I can give for a description for a blind person that is color. Cause they're, I mean, that's what thing that does set them apart is all their unique colors. And I also like them because when you breed, uh, Birmingham rollers, especially, I don't know about a lot of other breeds cause I've raised mainly like rollers, homers, and you know, white Kings. Um, you never know what kind of what color pigeon you are going to get or, you know, when the nest comes out and thankfully I have enough vision where if, if I pick up a pigeon, I can see it. And so that I always like that when I hatch out, uh, two little squabs, which that's name for a little, uh, baby pigeon is a squab. Uh, I, when they get to be big enough to be like, Oh, two weeks old, you can see kind of the color they're going to be. It's always a, it's always a crapshoot. You don't know what colors you're going to get. And that's one thing I really like about uh, having these rollers. We do have some more questions
2: for you, Wayne. Cool. All right. The next person uh, is iPhone. Feel free to unmute because I don't have your name associated with your device. That may be me. It's Brenda. Um,
1: Okay. I came in late. So is what all of your pigeons, Wayne, are they all the Birmingham rollers?
3: Yep. All 220 of them. That's what I have. Yep.
1: And are they all? Are they different colors or are they all the same?
3: Oh, no, I have have a myriad of different colors. I mean, I have, like I said, I I guess you came in late, but I have every color you can get that I know of in combinations of them, except for almond. They're the only ones I haven't found yet, which I'd like to buy a couple pairs of them. And um,
1: you were saying with uh, the different types, is there a difference in how they feel like the Birmingham Rollers as opposed to... You know, look, the white kings, like you say, or some other ones.
3: The only two that really have a real difference and feel other than the descriptive things that I gave, like they have feathers different places. But one bird, one kind that feels totally different from anything else is uh, homing pigeons. They have a like a sleek sheen to their feathers and you can tell them apart. If you have a, a true homing pigeon, they have a sleek sheen to their feathers and you can tell them apart.
2: Okay. Debbie has a question. Feel free to unmute.
0: Let's see. Um. Let's see. Hi, hi, Wayne. It's Debbie. Hi. hey, nice to meet you. Hi, we we, we spoke earlier. Um, yep. a question. Um, um, do you two questions? Do you ever let those uh, Birmingham um, um, pigeons fly out and do their thing, and then fly back in to their um, um build their their Sorry,
3: uh, the, yeah, I so forgot the terminology. Yeah, I, I, I let mine fly out before. I let them fly out and they'll, they'll, they'll roll and then you, then, you know, they'll go in the sky and roll. If I know there's no falcons or hawks around, I try to watch out for them. And then I don't feed them for a while. So then I'll, you blow a whistle and then they all come back in. How many actually go out?
0: I mean, do all 200 plus go out or just half of them?
3: I only let them out in certain little groups. I won't let them all fly out like that because you can't keep track of them.
0: Okay. For for somebody that doesn't have any vision, just the sound of them flying out of their home, wouldn't that be like an amazing like, you know, experience? And then flying well, back in?
3: It is, especially now, even when they're even when they're not flying out, when they're in their aviary on the outside part, all right. And if they get spooked by a, by a Crow or a hawk, they will all they I mean it's just it sounds like the drum beats flying. I mean it's it's amazing. Yeah.
0: Okay. I I appreciate this talk and um just wanted to let people know it um star nine to raise their hand just in case they're on a phone like me. Star nine, I kind of struggled for a minute. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thank
2: you. Thanks a lot, Debbie. Um next we'll go to Cindy. She has a question.
6: So are these
2: uh are the pigeons that you have, and
6: actually most pigeons, are they? Um, I was going to say, handle a bowl. You know, do they let you hold them, and or do they bite? Are, are they more?
3: And and what kind of diseases could you get from them? Um, uh, yeah. All right. See, and that's one thing I was going to get to uh, eventually. Pigeons, if they are well taken care of, they do not carry diseases. That's what everybody thinks of even city pigeons older oh, wings with rats they carry disease you know they're dirty that's not true actually pigeons are all very clean if they have a place to take a bird bath they will clean themselves and i keep my pen you know well i keep my pen cleaned i clean it all the time i'm always cleaning up after them so they don't get uh major diseases uh, you know and i'll vaccinate or give them medication as needed for different things um and mine are handleable I, and a lot of people that have roller, rollers are very tame pigeon. You can uh, feed them. I can get some to fly on my hand and eat food. So, and they don't bite you. Even in the nest, they may peck at you because they're territorial of their nest, but you don't even feel old. I, I get them to do it on purpose. Like I'll reach my hand toward the nest and they'll do like a flopping <laughs> noise to try to get me away from them. Mm-hmm. And, but they really don't do anything. They, I mean, it's just they're trying to protect their eggs and their little ones, but they don't hurt you. No. How
6: many eggs do they uh, usually have at one, like one
3: time? They have more. Most pairs will have two eggs. I have I have one pair. The next, it's actually a little how ironic. It's a community nest where there's two pairs that lay in the same nest all the time. It's the same two pairs because, like I said, I I can't split mine up like I would like to. But they raise all four little ones in the nest. Mm-hmm. They raise them all, and I will That's check. Awesome. Mine out. I will check them just to make sure they're feeding them because that's one thing. If you're a blind person, it'd be easy and fun to raise pigeons because you can tell when they eat, you can feel the food, their crawls. And when they're real little, you can feel if they're being fed or not. And you know, you can tell parents are taking care of them. One thing, Birmingham rollers, their parenting skills are very, very good. That's why so many people like to raise them because you don't really have to mess with them much. Uh, there's some breeds of pigeons like, uh, Chinese owls that have real tiny short little beaks and fanciers have bred them. So their beaks are so short that their parents can't feed them. And you have to put them underneath uh, another pigeon that has a long beak to feed them or Br- Birmingham rollers. You, they take care of themselves as long as you keep them uh, draft free and moisture free. Cause they're the two enemies of pigeons that will spread disease like wildfire. If you have drafts in your pen and if, if you let it get it wet and don't clean it, you you'll get diseases like paratyphoid and coccidiosis, which are both bacterial diseases
2: we do have some more questions for you Wayne we have Kathy feel free to ask your question
4: can you hear me now yes okay great so I was curious Wayne could you speak to kind of the climate you just did mention about the draft and the moisture but what kind of climate I'm in the Washington state area. So I've seen the pigeons in the city, uh, city of Seattle. And then I'm really close to Oregon, the city of
3: Portland, Oregon, but what kind of a climate do they typically need? Or Really? They thrive in any type of climate As long as, like I said, as long as they're well taken care of and you keep your pen dry and you keep it draft free, free. You can let them have, they can withstand any type of cold weather. I up North, I lived in Pennsylvania for the first, uh, 44 years of my life. And it, I remember one year back in 1994, I had my Birmingham rollers and it got down to 20 degrees below zero. And they raised their little ones because I kept the pen. It, it got cold in there, but I didn't let it get wet. And I kept it draft free and they raised all their little ones.
2: Oh, that's cool. So
3: it just, it's just how you take care of your birds. The more time you spend with them, the better off they're going to be.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Next we
5: have Beth for free to ask your question. Hey guys, I'm really enjoying this, um, show and I, he's not with us anymore, but there was a, um, a person in, uh, in Virginia who used to race pigeons. And he used to talk about the elaborateness of, of the racing and how they clocked them coming in. And it was, it was absolutely fascinating to, to listen to him discuss it, um, when you're handling the, the pigeons, do they ever complain if you want to handle the little ones? Do they, it's like, no, don't you touch my, my babies, or are they okay with that?
3: They may flop your hand, but I, they're, I mean, they're small enough. I just pick them up and I'll talk to them soothingly and then let them sit on my hand, and watch what I'm doing. And I mean, some people, yeah, they just throw them off the nest, but I treat mine with kid gloves. I just like them, I, I want to make sure they're all okay. And I, so I'll take them off the nest and I'll talk to them, you know, like, it's okay, mommy. And I'll pet it and stroke their heads and then, and, and then it may fly off my hand or it may sit there. And then I look at the little ones just to make sure they're not sick or, you know, I uh-huh. make, make sure the parents are feeding them.
5: Okay. Well, thank you very much.
2: Yep, you're welcome. And that's all your questions for now.
3: Okay. Well, I guess I'll go now the kind of foods that pigeons eat and really, and really pigeons <laughs> are not too picky. Uh, they'll eat about anything. I give mine pigeon, you know, pigeon food. You can get, uh, has like wheat, uh, millet, uh, Australian field peas, Canadian field peas. Uh, but you can also get pigeon pellets. Um, my dad, I, I had homing pigeons when I lived up in Pennsylvania. And since he, he doesn't want to really spend a lot of money on food. He gives his turkey pellets and they still raise little ones like crazy. He's constantly selling, uh, young homie pigeons. Um, and like I said, Ellie, we uh, Milo. Uh, I even give mine for treats. I'll give them and you shouldn't. But, you know, pigeons are even like us humans. You know, we like things that they kind of, that we really shouldn't eat. But I will, such as bread and like some cereal, like I'll crush it up and stuff like that. And they, they love it. I They can be, have their food. And if I would put bread in there, they'd go right to the food. And when I bring a bag of bread in there, I will, I can keep it and I can get them. That's when I can get them to fly on my hands. Cause they just, for some reason, really like really like bread. And that's how you get them to be really active. I'll throw bread on the ground and get them all like land in front of me. Like one day I'd still like to take a Facebook video and put it on Facebook of all of how they, they come around you. Like you're the King and they are your little subjects <laughs> waiting for their little food plot. But, and they're, they're really cool. Um, I guess now I'll go into the, Kind of the life cycle of a pigeon. Uh, Like I said, first of all, they build their nest out of whatever they can build them with. I mean, they're not picky. Like I said, I baby mine. I make sure they have plenty of wheat straw or pine straw and wood shavings. Uh, And some of them, like I said, some of them will be lazy and they won't. They don't want to take the time to even do anything themselves, so they'll just lay on what I put there. But and like I said, you have some that'll build some really elaborate nest make them all pretty where the two little eggs that I mentioned to Cindy earlier, they'll put the two little eggs in there and it just looks, they look so cute. Um, Like I said, they lay two little eggs. They lay one every other day. The, The female lay her first egg, then like a day, day and a half later, she'll lay her second egg. And then the incubation period for these eggs is 17 days. And during the day from like nine till three, or, you know, like nine to three to five in that time period, eight hour time period. The male sits on the eggs during the day and then the female will sit on them at night. And so, see, both both uh, both uh, parents actually take time to raise their young. Actually, it's actually pretty cool watching them. when the male wants the female to get off the nest in the morning. Some of them kind of don't want to leave and they'll like coo and kind of like, get out of here. Let me on here and they in their own little language. And if, if you know their language... It, you know, you can tell what they're doing. I just have to stand and laugh at them. <laughs> and then the young pigeons will hatch after 17 days. And first of all, the eggs, these for barren ring rollers are the size of little, the little Cadbury robins eggs you get for Easter. That's all the bigger they are. And like I said, they lay two eggs. The little ones when they hatch are about the size of your thumbnail. They're very little. And they're, they don't have any feathers or anything. Uh, But they grow twice their size every other day till they're full grown. If if they're fed correctly, that's what they're supposed to do: grow twice their size every day till they're till they're uh, you know ready to leave the nest. Um, And the female will help feed them for a little while, but after like 14 days, she's already on her way to making making another nest, laying her laying a second nest, and then the male takes over feeding from that on. I then I put mine after about like 18 days, I'll put them on the floor of my pen and then all the different males will feed them. And it just makes, I I see I've my experience, they grow a lot better if you can put them on the floor um, and then let all the males feed them. Plus it's it's fun to watch them. Uh, And one thing about pigeons, that's really unique. They will mate for life. If you don't split a pair of pigeons up, they will stay together for the whole duration of their life, which can be anywhere from like five to twenty years, depending on how they're taken care of. Now most pigeons will only lay eggs. you may get a, a unique one once in a while, but most of them only lay till they're about ten years old. Then their nest gets slower and slower they may lay one egg in their nest instead of two, and they may not take care of them as well but they but they will mate for life. well, excuse me, the females will mate for life. The males have to be sneaky. And if they see a male that's doing something like collecting material for his lady's nest, they'll go over and cheat and breed that female. So they're not, they're not monogamous. <laughs> um, but then the pigeons, once they get to be like 28 days, 21 to 28 days, they're ready to leave and they they start flying. Um, any questions before I go on? There are no
2: questions, Wayne, right now.
3: Yeah. That, okay. Can you hear me? Yep, I heard you okay. I, was, I was just checking the time to make sure I have yeah. time at the end to go out to the pen quick. So yeah, people. you have yeah, it's about 6:36. 20 minutes.
2: Yeah. Actually, there is a raised hand. Oh, okay. Nancy, feel free to unmute. Hi, yes. Um, just I have a question. I know someone who
1: has a pigeon with a that developed like this crooked neck where they kind of look upside down or something, you know, their neck is kind of twisted. Yeah.
3: It, it got Paravixin more than likely. Yeah. <laughs> What's it called? Paravixin. It I was getting that. A... It's a PSP, a P, yeah, Paravixin. Uh, uh-huh. Once Now that it has it, it can't get rid of it. Um, to prevent that disease, you give them a PMV Paravixin uh, vaccine.
1: Oh, but, but once they have
4: it, you can't,
3: they're give a carrier it you. Oh, no, you no, can't? and they're a carrier for life. And, uh, you wouldn't want to put that pigeon near anyone, any other, anybody else's pigeons that don't have it because it would spread it if they're not vaccinated.
1: Oh, I see. Okay. That was interesting. Cause I didn't know what it was called and I didn't know whether they could be cured of it or not.
3: Not well, really. That's
1: interesting. Oh, okay. Thank you.
3: I mean, you can, that's why it's a good idea to vaccinate all your pigeons. That's the worst disease pigeons can get. I didn't know too much about it. I mean, I'm 49 now, but when I was back in college, 18, 19, I didn't know much about it. And I bought some white kings from the auction that, that were in the beginning stages, and I didn't know they had it. And I brought it home to my birds before I was smart enough to know really you know, about all these diseases like I do now. And my whole flock ended up getting pair and I lost about 50% of my flock. That's a very bad disease.
1: And you know, this, this pigeon lived for a long time with this disease and it had, it it was actually a dove actually. And and it lived with this disease for quite a while with, with its, with its mate or friend. It wasn't really a mate. It was, it was, they were both females, but it, it, uh, you know, it just lived for a long time. And as far as I know, the other one never got never got the disease.
3: It probably did really, probably just got lucky that they both were carriers and they could spread the disease, but they they were cured of it. Well, cured enough that they were carriers. But if you would have put them into somebody's, like if, if they would have been put out here in my big flock of pigeons, well, now a lot mm-hmm. of mine are vaccinated, but let's just say if they weren't, it, it would spread to like 21 days later, it, my flock would have it and they I had dead pigeons all over the place. And they'd get the diarrhea and everything that happens, like bloody diarrhea and everything else that they would get from it. It's a oh. bad yeah, it's oh. a bad disease. That's
1: very interesting. I was gonna that was my next question. What other symptoms do they have besides the crooked neck? And so that was an that's
3: interesting. They get like pussy eyes. Um, they fly backwards, some fly backwards. It's it really messes up their n- neurosystem.
1: Wow. Well, thank you, Wayne. Thank you.
3: You're welcome. Any other questions, Monica, before I... No, sir. Okay. Um, and as Nancy so politely got me into my next uh, topic, which was diseases, which is uh, some certain quick diseases they can get which aren't really aren't healthy, which is paravixin, which I explained. They also can get um, paratyphoid and coccidiosis, which are two bacterial diseases, which thank goodness for them, if they get those diseases, you can cure them. Uh, Coccidiosis. is, uh, you can cure that with some, uh, it's called cord powder and paratyphoid. I use Albon, which is also powder. I'm one, I like, I wish they'd come up with some type of powder really for paravixin disease. I guess it's tougher to do that because it's a virus, but obviously I can't give uh, pigeons, you know, vaccinations myself. I'm not that talented. So I need somebody to help me. That's why I like water soluble medications. Much easier for a blind person to work with. You know how much to give them. And uh, so, and they also get respiratory, they can get respiratory diseases and colds just like humans. Um, and that I I give them Albon for that too. And if unless they have a real severe case, then I'll give them Thailand 50 or Thailand 200, which is uh, like a broad spectrum antibiotic. And you're supposed to give that to them uh, with a uh, vaccine too. But I figured it out that I can use an eyedropper and if one's bad enough, I'll separate it from my flock, and I can give it to him. My, you know, with an eyedropper down the throat, and it'll work just as well. So, as a blind person, when you have pigeons, you learn to you adapt to do things that sighted people do. You just come up with your own ways of doing it, um, like you know, feeding and water. I have easy, easy feeders and easy waters used. Uh, the water when you pick up the waters, it doesn't come out of them; it only comes out as much as the pigeons will drink. They're called. Cone—they're big cone-shaped waters. or three-gallon waters. Um, they're easy to, to keep cleaned, and it's the same thing with their feeders. I have big feeders that you pick them up. The food won't spill. It's only enough that they can eat, and it drops through the mechanism as they eat it. And so that's—you just find things that make your, make your life easier, easier as a blind person with having you know over two hundred pigeons. I got to keep things as easy as you can. Um, like I said. In care and prevention of disease well actually any questions monica before i go on i'll just do that yes one. okay there um, see i'm psychic so, i guess i figured it out. Uh,
2: yeah uh, we'll go to nancy again with a question yes I, when you mentioned
1: vaccines i'm just curious when you give a pigeon a vaccine where do you give it to them is it like under the wing or where do you you,
3: you can give it under the wing i i give mine of their neck there's enough there's enough skin to hold it up and put the little needle and and put it and do it that. Way. So you that's just nice. do it.
1: It's sort of an under the skin.
3: Yeah, thing. it's just the needle just goes under the skin and you can. Yep. Yeah. Okay.
1: Like
3: I, I don't. Do it. I I hold the pigeon for the person who's doing it for me. I hold it with two hands and do it. You know, I hold the hold the pigeon, keep the pigeon still, still, and I let the person do it and the scruff of their neck.
2: Oh, that's great. Thank you.
5: And next we have Beth. Freedom. okay hey again um what are the city pigeons what what breed are what we would call city pigeons and are they i've heard they're pretty tame are they friendly are they should you of course i guess you really shouldn't
3: pet them if they're city pigeons but oh no this- See, well that's what i'm saying that's a myth. no you can pet them they don't carry any disease really you know they're just they're just looking for food and they are really tame now, needless to say, I wouldn't take a city pigeon and put it here with my good flock of Birmingham rollers, but I mean, I wouldn't, you know, totally shy away from Like, yeah, I may come home, wash my hands, but they're not any worse off than anything else. I mean, I mean like rats and mice, rodents, yeah, they do carry diseases, but pigeons are really, like I said, they're actually clean and, and neat. I mean, I mean, yeah, they have to go to the bathroom, so they are kind of dirty in that respect, but other than that, they're actually really clean.
5: Do they fly at, do, do they, what, how would they approach you if, if you, you know, were, were around them, the, the, the city pigeons, would they, would they fly at you? Would they just kind of circle you? Would they try to land on you?
3: If they're real, real tame and you you hold food out, they might try to land on your hand. But a lot of times they'll just fly and kind of land at your feet. Like huh. my, like my flock does. I can walk in the pen and I'm not going to go in the pen here with my phone I'll go right outside the door where everybody can hear what's going on but I'm not going to go in the pen because I have perches like kind of above the door and, and I don't need any little presents falling on me on my phone so <laughs> but yeah I mean they'll fly at your feet like mine do when I come in there with their food and water they'll lot' they'll come running around my feet and fly and land and, and
5: and I guess I guess you can see where they are to some extent but if you if you had no vision, that might be a problem, right? Because you wouldn't want to step on them. You might not know if there are a lot of them, especially you might not know where they are.
3: No, actually, I can't see them that well to do that. I just know in the pen to drag my feet, like keep it low to the ground. So then I don't because then if there's one, they're like a young one because I have little young squabs running on the floor that can't quite fly yet. And I know that they could be anywhere in the pen. So I'm very oh, okay. careful when I walk. I'm very careful when I walk in the pen. Yep.
5: Do they learn to do do they learn to kind of, you know, if if they can fly or if they can move even the little ones, do they learn to kind of get out of the way, you know?
3: Yeah, once they once they're big enough, they know they see me coming and they will they, yeah, they'll get out of the way of my feet. But I don't I don't pigeons see pigeons are very very smart. If people think, you know, birds are dumb, pigeons are one of the smartest birds that are out there. And I think they probably know that I'm blind. Like when I used when I raise chickens too, they they birds pick up you know huh. there's been studies showing that pigeons can recognize different people and wow. you know different things and so they know i believe by a certain age that i you know better move out of his way you might step on it, even though i won't because i'm very careful i never oh, just yeah. walk quickly through my pen and t- you know take chances oh well they're going to get out of my way because that would be the time that i'd step on one of my favorite right. pigeons or something and i wouldn't want to do that okay, okay thank you you're welcome any other questions monica
2: Yes, uh no questions, but to like you know about your time. It's about oh, six forty-six
3: the- Eastern. Okay, thank you. Then I I guess then I should get ready and go out to the pen, because I know with this being streamed, you have to be off the air by like five of, right?
2: Yeah, because I think there's another call right after this one. So yeah, there is. So, there yes. is
3: okay. No problem. Well, while I'm going out to the pen, uh if anybody has any further questions that they want asked. um They can go to acb.org and the information, my information will be passed on uh, and I can answer any other questions or any other information anybody might want.
2: Yeah, you could send an email to community at acb.org and let Cindy know you want to get in contact with Wayne.
3: Okay, I'm on our back porch now going down the steps toward the pen. Oh, Cindy has a question for you, Wayne.
6: I'm just okay. curious, Wayne, how far from your house is, is
3: It's about 10 feet. Oh, not far. 10 feet. No, I keep, I was close.
6: Can you hear them from in the house ever?
3: Oh, yeah, lots of times. My, where I sleep is right at the end of the house here. I have temperature where I can hear them. Okay. He's, he's walking through the tent. Yeah. Hear them now? Can, can you guys hear them? A little bit. Oh, wow. You hear doing all the little noise.
6: Yeah, I heard that.
3: Now I got them all to just fly again. All I have to do is tap on the pen, they all fly. I think something's spooking them. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm letting y'all enjoy the pigeons, if anybody are has any.
6: Are we hearing the fluttering? Like I, I was hearing a noise yeah, that sounded of course. like they're fluttering. Okay.
3: Yeah, it's the fluttering of their wings. Yep. Like I said, I the pen book. Uh. So, what are they, the
6: ones that are making that noise you made, that whatever? Yes. <laughs> yeah, what are they doing? Like, what does that mean?
3: That's just their cooing call. It's the male. The males do that noise the most. and like I said they have I'm not gonna embarrass myself on ACB radio but they have all different noises they they make for different things oh you know one thing I did forget to mention it's I probably should have uh when the little the the way the parents feed the their little babies is they regurgitate pigeon milk mouth to mouth down you know back into their into the little ones uh crawl (laughs) and and that's the first few days of life and is the Little ones get bigger, then they regurgitate corn and whatever they're being fed. And it's really cool if you have one that's tame enough to let you touch it. <laughs> I used to have a hen that would let me touch her once she was feeding her little ones. And it's it's cool watching them do it and feeling them do it.
0: Debbie has a question for you. Okay. Debbie, you Hi, can hi Wayne. It's Debbie again. Well, um, oh, uh, do, you, do you exercise the birds, or uh, I'm just curious, do you take them out every day or?
3: Well, you can't take 200 out every day and I won't do, there's too many hawks around here to be doing it every day. But that's why I have such a big, huge pen. The pen's 10 feet tall, you know, 20 feet long, 12 feet wide. That's just the inside part. And then the outside part's 10 feet high, uh, 20 feet long and 13 feet wide. And then there's perches so they can fly all over the place. Uh, With being blind, I'm going to take the, if I have somebody on here to help me, I'll let them out more. But I, with all the hawks, there's a family of hawks that have a nest right back here in our one tree. And I'm not, you know.
0: Oh, okay. Just, just wondering.
3: Yeah. Kathy Kathy has a question. Yep.
0: Kathy, feel free. Hey,
3: Wayne. um, How
5: long does it take you to clean the aviary?
3: Mm, Well, the the inside pen, it it takes about three hours to do it correctly the way I do it. Because I scrape the floor totally clean, scrape their perches. Um. And then aviary outside, I, you know, spread stuff and um, clean it. It takes a good three hours, you wow. know, sometimes longer, depending, you know. Now the nest, because every time they have little ones, um, they'll make a nest. And I clean the nest, you know, throughout the little one's life cycle. So like, so it doesn't create moisture and, you know, they get coccidiosis or something. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. And then how much space, um, let's say that somebody has um, one pair what kind of a space would they need if you were to build them something outside? Or
3: well, if you want them to fly, I mean, if it, I guess a bird cage would be decent sized, but I, if you want them to fly and really get the, you know, the, to get to spread their wings, some I, you know, make the aviary like six by ten feet. Okay, cool. Thank I you. I mean, a lot of people do them in a lot smaller areas, but I, you know, it's. I like to see mine fly. <laughs> Any other questions, Monica? Monica, are you there? Yes. Okay. Sorry. I was muted. No, no okay.
2: we have nope. about three minutes left, but there are no okay. more questions.
4: Okay. Uh, no, I lied. Okay. Corliss has a question. Okay. Hi, Wayne. I was wondering, um, do you ever give people tours of your aviary? Like uh, walk other people in there. And then my other question is, is like, if you were working with a kid or somebody that wasn't used to birds or someone that's scared of birds, what recommendations would you have for just making them feel comfortable?
3: Well, if it was a kid, I would hold a bird myself and, you know, not bring it to them right away, but show them that the bird isn't, you know, scary, that they're not scary. They may flutter, but they're not scary. I mean, some people just, it's, it's, you know, I just don't like birds and that's the way it's going to be. Um, but as far as, uh, giving people a tour, a tour of my aviary. If I know you and I know you don't, you don't have any birds yet. Yeah, yeah. Then I will. But if I don't know who the person is, I'm not going to let them come in here due to biosecurity. I don't want to have any diseases, you know, come in here. It's just, you know,
2: Cindy has a question for you.
6: Um, the fact that you can't see. Uh, and I know that you have found uh, one of your pigeons dead. How do you find them when they've died? And, um, yeah, I mean, that's the main thing. I'm, I'm wondering, like, how in that, it's such a big area, right? How would yeah, you actually locate one?
3: Well, if one does die, like I said, I, I had that one young one that yeah, they just, it, it didn't, there was something wrong with it from the beginning. I make sure, though, that my stuff if something would be sick i would know because i check through the whole aviary and pen every day you know inch by inch i walk through it and do it very slowly and check every day because i don't want if something is sick in here i don't want it to spread because disease can spread very quickly through a flock so i make sure that every day inch by inch how long
6: have you had these pigeons and because you said that they last you know say 10 to 20 years so how long i mean at some point they get old and they're going to die you know, from old age as well. Right. So how long have you had these ones?
3: Well, these, I just, I've had these for a year because the ones that I did buy when I moved down here, I bought, you know, like a few and I sold them all off. I sold them. These I I keep them like, and that's the really pretty ones are my favorites. I'll keep them like three or four years and then I'll sell them and and keep, cause they raise young ones enough that I can have, you know, keep raising my own. Like this whole flock here is all mine or nobody else's. I raised all these.
2: And Wayne, it is now five minutes till the top of the
3: hour. Okay, so that means I gotta fly out of here. Which you know, first, I'd like to thank everybody for listening uh, to this. I appreciate it, and uh, y'all have a great evening. And maybe I'll talk to you again.